Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So I'm on a mission to be the kind of woman who decorates hard for holidays. Oh, all of them? Mmm... I still haven't decided how many. At this point, it's for sure Halloween, Christmas, and Easter. But I feel like I'm ready to expand that group to be a few more. But I want to do it in a way that is not tacky or too kitschy. But, like, it feels like the house just shifts a little. And, like, it's a little nuanced difference. But... Trying to navigate how to not do it in the cheesy way my mom did it. I love my mom. I love that she did over-the-top cheesy. It was very memorable as a child. But I want to figure out what's the adult grown-up version of doing the same thing, especially since I don't have kids. I feel like if I had a child, there might be things I would make some different choices around. But because there's not, you know, a little one to like, wow, or impress, (laughs) I don't... (laughs) I want to do it a little bit differently. So Next time they come up in my feed, I'll send you this TikTok account. They typically do like, if this is the vibe you're going for, decor style, then pick these things that represent that without it being so cliche or obvious. And then they recently did for like harvest fall decor, like instead of these things, do these things. And it was just a really cool example of like how to represent the feeling of cozy, warm vibes without saying cozy. (laughs) Right. A hundred percent. And I feel like there's little things I've been doing that are effective. And it's hard because my mom is like in my blood. And so there are, do I need to buy this ghost sign? Ghost, wooden ghost? (laughs) I know. So there's definitely some things that like have snuck in just because you know what I think you guys childhood moment in me is like lit up. What? You need two of those 15-foot skeletons for your front yard. You know, I've really considered, so only because, so my husband's on the HOA, which I know that's got you guys feeling all sorts of ways behind the scenes. I get it. It's fine. You don't have to like that he's on the HOA. But part of it is he's on the HOA to get away with whatever he wants to do. That's what it's really about. And so it is from the inside. (laughs) There's a couple people that like find like obnoxious decor, like especially outside, like to be too much and that we should like monitor or limit some of those things. Like inflatables was one of the recent things that have come up. And so that was the thing that came up. And then we were at Menards and there is, it is literally a 50 foot 
I think Nutcracker or Santa Claus or something. And it's a blow up one. And I was like, do we? Like, (laughs) I was pretty serious. That's why I like the skeleton because it's an actual skeleton and not a blow up. I don't love the blow ups at all. But like, part of me just wants to do it to rass some people in the neighbor. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Definitely. See, I'm a big fan of like, putting lights or ornaments in outside trees. Like that's a cool thing. You know, I don't, I'm not a big yard ornament person. No, me neither. But see, I always appreciate it. Our friend Liz, she runs an account within the Grove. She recently did this incredible hocus pocus cutout and it was backlit. And it's like, that's still like a lot for me, but it was so well done that I was like, Mm -hmm. I kind of love it. Mm-hmm. But you know what you could like what I love for Halloween decorations are just bats. Like, yes. Bats. I and I bought some, they should be here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. I might do some more of that on the front or even just inside. I don't know. Inside, I, yeah. Outside for sure is more like traditional harvest decor. Like we have mums and pumpkins and yeah. I'll probably get some more pumpkins because I can't stop. Don't stop. I haven't got one pumpkin yet. Well, I've been trying to get them on sale. So Aldi, they were $3.49. And P.S., the pumpkin crop this year is not great. So buy early is my only suggestion for that. Well, for some reason this season, squirrels are worse. Like they're really bad, really bad. And they're still, still very active. And I just fear if I put them out there, they're going to be normal. Well, I'm lucky in that we have enough nut trees nearby that they seem pretty distracted with that. They tend to eat plastic in my yard, not vegetation, which is great. I don't know why you need to eat my hose reel, but don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm having an argument with the squirrel and the deer in my yard. We are in a drought and... That means there's less vegetation and food in the woods across the street. And so the deers are getting braver and braver and they're coming across the street into our yard every you single night. new fence up, really. It won't matter. It's the stuff in my front yard that they're oh, eating. Oh, the front yard? So oh. That whole bed on the side are all the hostas that we planted are down to the nub. Every single one. And they're starting to get closer. (laughs) They're getting closer and closer to the house. And, you know, I have those row of massive hydrangeas. Oh, yeah. They're eating the first one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're fighting. No. We're fighting. I mean, those hydrangeas are easily 10 years old. Oh, I know. They were massive when we moved in. So without getting too TMI, I would look up. There is some predator i mean i'm just gonna have to say it urine that you yeah, can no, I've already tried that, <laughs> and it's not so working the, the problem is is that it's been a problem for multiple seasons it's just worse of a problem this season and so i've been doing repellent for at least two years but they become immune to so like their nose gets used to it so it doesn't bother them as much so what works two years ago doesn't work now so like every year i have to change it so I just recently put down like a fertilizer that kind of has that smell that's good for the yard and has that smell. And the problem is, is everything is eaten up so much that I don't know if it's stopped them or if this is just what they look like right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we probably won't know until next season, but the next thing I'll probably try, and it will just be elaborate because we'll have to have like a multi-faucet 
thing attached to our water spigot that attaches to a hose that snakes down to that bed that is attached to this thing that's motion. And it just like sprays them with water, like kind of like sharply. And so it just scares them away and it's just water. So it doesn't hurt them, but I'm irritated because I'm like, I'll throw lettuce in the woods for you. If you don't come up to my yard, like I don't mind feeding you. No, for sure. Don't eat my plants. No, I wonder what other like scary deterrent rather than the smelling thing. Like, is there something else you can do? Cause like, I know just a speaker of a shotgun, (laughs) just the sound. (laughs) And they're like, Bambi, no, (laughs) I know like there's some big owls and stuff, but I forget which decoys. I don't think that's for deer. I, yeah, I know like which decoys work for which animals. Like I know I feel like I'd have to do more research to figure that out. I need to look into that too. Cause my parents have an owl and I can't remember what it's for. Is it for squirrels? I can't remember. I feel like squirrels don't give a shit. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> I'm I like, what's like, up owl? You got I any like nuts? for birds of prey. So like for us, that would be, so they don't need our fish. Like I know right. that's what it would be for us, but I don't know what it would. My I don't know. One, so I need to, I need to look it up to see what it's for, but I'm very irritated. So. I went to the nursery and I asked the lady there, I said, okay, I think I'm ready to transplant all my hostas to the backyard so the deer won't eat them. But we have this front bed that's under two trees. So do you have anything that's deer resistant, but for shade? And she literally goes, LOL, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. She goes, you'll be just fighting this. Pro- you just have to commit to playing the game. I'm like, I don't want to. I, I don't, don't want to play the game. Okay. So I almost sent you this TikTok last night and I kind of regret not sending it, but it's sort of that like mystified by the world in which we live and the like, we're really not in control of anything, but she's like, and I should have looked it up to see if it's true. Cause now I'm just saying it on air to tap, like <laughs> some kind of thing. But it's funny. You say like deer resistant plants. This girl was like, did you know that if wood is harvested under a new moon, that it's termite resistant because <laughs> and she goes on to say it has something to do with the tide and the gravitational no. pull of the moon that the I sap is the- just making that up. I don't care. I don't care. But the, she's like, <laughs> the sap goes into the tree in a certain way that okay, witch. Okay, resistant. Witch. And moon. I'm just eating it all up. And I'm just like, hilarious. That to me sounds like the level of ridiculous that you sounded to the woman of asking her. You have any full moon harvested wood lumber? <laughs> like, ma'am, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So I just anyway, I just Good luck to you. Thank you. If you guys have any tips, please, for the love, send them to me. The only thought I have is like, and I don't think you'd want to do this because it would look really stupid, but do you just get in with the neighbors to build a fence across the woods, across the street? So we can't. Like, it's the city property. Like, they maintain it. So it just is what it is. And it's fine. Like, the perk of 
living right across the street from a beautifully wooded trail is that I have deers that eat my plants. <laughs> and sometimes turkeys, although I haven't seen the turkeys in a really long time, so I'm concerned about them. Yeah, I don't know. In the grand scheme of things, you live in a heavily populated area and there's just like a pocket of wilderness. A very random pocket of woods right here. So like if the turkeys got hit by a car, I don't know if they're coming back. (laughs) No, no, no. But I feel like I would have seen that because they were huge. Anyways. Okay. Today, I don't want to talk about deer anymore. I don't want to talk about turkeys. I want to talk about the toxic culture of monitoring productivity. <laughs> this article popped into my inbox the other day and I read it and it got me hooked with the subject line. So great job. But I find it really interesting because it's talking about a skill that online business owners, service-based businesses who are, have started their own businesses, y'all, us, y'all, have perfected over the years that big corporations like Microsoft don't know how to do. And I just love knowing things that they don't know how to do. And I also like they continue to go about it the wrong way. So I want to talk about that. So the buzzword that got me hooked and got me to click the email was something that Microsoft CEO calls productivity paranoia. And it's the paranoia that leaders have with their employees that, oh, I don't know if they're being productive enough. I don't know when they're working. I don't know what they're working on. And they're all, that's all they can think about. And so they're trying to come up with and utilize systems to monitor and track that productivity. So there's a couple stats I want to talk about today, but I also want to share with y'all how we monitor productivity, if that's what we're actually doing, without being gross, unethical, micromanagey, and some systems that we have in place that help us. Cool. Okay. So here's some stats for you. So the survey that Microsoft did says that only 12% of business leaders said that they're fully confident that their hybrid employees are productive at work compared to 87% of employees who say they are productive. That's a problem. That's a huge problem because ultimately what that is actually saying is that only 12% of business leaders trust their employees. Like, let's actually say, let's call it what it is. You're not concerned about productivity. You're concerned that you don't know exactly what they're doing because you don't trust that they're going to do what they say that they're going to do. Or that you have no real proof or actual accountability as to what they're providing. And and I would imagine, this is also just like an aside, Uh but I would imagine part of this issue comes from a real lack of what you're moving towards. And thus you end up with a lot of unnecessary middle management that's trying to prove themselves all the time. And I will bring a stat to you that proves that true here in just a second. All right, great. Or at least conversation. I don't know if they back it up with the stat, but it was a hundred percent representation of what you're talking about. So it also says the survey also found that while 82% of corporate higher-ups say a big concern this year is bringing employees back to the office, 73% of employees say they need a better reason than we want you back. And to, to be clear, the literal only reason they want you back is to monitor what you're doing. They might say it's for team culture. They might say it's for camaraderie and the like jive that y'all have in person. It's not. But that's actually way less productive. Like it's I, way less productive. I've worked in a 
office and been around people and I always got less done in person. So let's see. Okay. So there's no stat, but this is what you were talking about. And, but I have some crazy stats that I also want to share with you. One of the causes of the productivity paranoia and the increasing of that is the decline of the age old practice of quote management by walking around. That's what you're talking about. They're not fucking doing anything. They're the hall monitors of the corporate world who are literally just eyeballing what you're doing and noting it off and checking things to see if it's getting done. If their job is to watch you doing your job, it's not needed. It's not needed. And especially in this hybrid remote space that the pandemic has made a lot of corporations fall into. It's not needed. Y'all would make more money if you didn't spend so much money on hall monitors. The survey found that a lack of trust in employee productivity is more common among managers whose teams are continuing to work away from the traditional office at least part of the time. My job to you, if any of you are listening, learn a new skill. Learn how to encourage your team to love their job, to be accountable, to share in success in different ways than you needing to be a hall monitor. Well, and I feel like most of the people that are hall monitoring (laughs) tend to be of a certain generation. Yes. And it's because that's what they learned from their predecessors. Absolutely. That the rise of technology is not something they took time to learn. And so they don't know how to utilize apps to see what their team is working on in a, in a healthy way. Uh And so instead they're doing these check-ins, which I think check-ins are healthy, but I think their way of going about it is the problem. You should be doing a check-in once weekly or once every other week with every team member you manage, but you don't need to be walking by their desk. But as a human check-in, not task check-in. That's not what those are for. Okay, can you believe this stat? The number of weekly meetings was up 153% versus the start of the pandemic. When people were home? Oh, like from like two years ago to now? Uh Uh-huh. Oh my God. And the trend shows no sign of slowing down. It's only going up. About 42% of meeting attendees are multitasking. By sending emails and other messages, that doesn't include other forms of multitasking, such as reading an email or browsing the web. Apart from potential burnout, one risk is that employees are trying to look like they're working, literally all that that does, rather than actually doing productive work, a phenomenon that has been identified by author Anne Helen Peterson of live action role-playing their jobs. Congratulations, You've got a bunch of live action role players. Okay, so basically the concept is now CEOs are saying work as we know it is structurally going through a massive change. Like we shouldn't be expecting to turn back the clock to 2019 before the pandemic. Like fundamental meaning of work is changing. So they're looking at ongoing feedback loops, goal setting, setting clear communication, to address these challenges. What's needed right now is not measuring hours of work. That was literally never needed, but congrats. Welcome. And instead, are you ready for this revolutionary quote? Instead, we should be really focusing on the outcomes 
that they need to drive and wait for it, provide clarity to employees that are otherwise just going to do a bunch of busy work and then get feedback on what they need to support them to be successful. What did we just say? Can you tell I hate corporate America? Well, it's just funny from someone who wasn't in it. But I just hear hear the trauma of too many people I love and I literally hate the man. No, I get it (laughs) entirely. And it is absolutely like that. I, you know, I remember years ago, I was in an office, multiple offices, but the one that I felt the most anxious about, well, two, I felt anxious about. One, I knew that there was monitoring software on my computer And so there was many sites that were limited and every single email was IT would look at it before they would send it. And part of it was that you were in the financial space. Yes. Part of it was that it was a security thing and that it was required to some degree for compliance and security of our clients. I got that to an understanding, but you know, it got to the point where I felt like, I couldn't even text my spouse that I was like had an issue at home or that we needed to do something after work. And how many hoops did you have to take (laughs) (laughs) to communicate with any other person in my life? I felt like I had to leave or walk away and, you know, only for so long before it felt like I was, Mm -hmm. you know, MIA. The second place for sure had less software because there was a lack of support to set any sort of thing like that up. Yeah. However, the creepiness of it was that the CEO would not always come into the office. And so his version of still being there without being there is he got an iPad that he attached to a robot, like no, like a Roomba kind of thing. And he could drive it around the office and like look at you through the fucking iPad. It was probably five feet tall. And no, it was the creepiest fucking thing I've ever seen. And the day I saw that was the day I was like, You're like, nope, I need to go. This isn't going to work for me. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Because here's what's funny is that like the version that he would spend of that would be the good intentioned version of because here's this quote from the LinkedIn CEO. People want to feel very connected to their work. They want to feel connected to the company, connected to their manager. They want to know that their work matters. And one of the most important ways to do that is to ensure you have the right people with the right skills in the right role. That's the right way to look at connectivity. Their version is like, I'm doing this to like have a presence and feel connected and like make it fun. No, it's creepy. It's creepy, bro. Creepy. It's creepy. And basically, he's like, I can hall monitor even if I'm not there. 100%. 100%. So I want to talk about the things that the systems, the softwares, the mental shifts of how we look at productivity and task and trustworthiness here at BP. And you can swipe these things for your own small team. But I think more so at the end of the day, like it's about addressing your philosophy and value of work. And what does it mean to reach an outcome and be productive and really unlearning, especially if you have corporate trauma, especially if you have corporate trauma, unlearning what it means to be busy and to do your job right and to be successful and like the absolute drive to feel like you always have to be working. You always have to be on. If you're not working, the business is going to suffer and it's toxic and it's unhealthy. And there's no reason why you need to carry on those same beliefs when you're creating your own environment. I want to put a little asterisk here because I do think it's important to acknowledge there are times when you will have remote employees that are not doing their job and they may need some sort of PIP to get them back on track, performance improvement plan. And you may have to do extra things to ensure 
that they're moving in the right direction. So I don't want to gaslight you and say this never happened. But the goal even there isn't long-term monitoring. It's getting them the skills and the support so that they can feel confident in achieving their outcomes in the expected time frame. And then you teach, you coach, you mentor, and then you don't need to do that forever. Right. And so there is a limit to what you can do. And sometimes it won't work. And sometimes it won't be enough. And that's okay. But like, let's talk about the healthy ways to set that up. And I think a big part of this is actually getting to know your employees and your team about how they work, what they need to be successful, and understanding that someone might need a different approach to task management and check-ins and that it's perfect for their learning style and work style versus this person might not need these things. So what I'm saying is like, there's no one blanket approach to like, everyone has to do these things and this is how I'm going to treat every single person. So we all have the same equal amount of productivity. There are nuances to every single team member. And it's your job to understand what those are and then understand how you can support them. Okay. So let's just talk about softwares first. And then I think we can talk about kind of like the structure of some of our values of how they like correlate with work ethic and productivity. But a couple softwares that we use, first of all, I mean, Slack is like our biggest, we are chatting all the time, but in a way where it's not like, oh my God, my Slack is blowing up all the time. Like it's never felt like I have to be in Slack. It's truly easier and get stuff done faster with more communication if used properly. So there's like not just one crazy channel that like everything happens in, everything is organized and very specific. There are also rules to like literally utilizing Slack. One of them we just introduced a couple of weeks ago. So what Abby and I were finding is that there are some people who on Slack, they'll see a message, they'll like respond or say something. And then like, it's done pretty immediately if it has an urgency or like we can tell the progress of that thing that is happening. And there are some people that there's like a message in Slack and they see it or there, they don't like, there's no follow up on the task. They, so, they usually just do it and we right. just don't, and, and even don't say know. anything. Right. But what we were finding is that it was still living in our brains. Like, oh, I need to remind them to do that because I don't actually know if that's done. There was no way for us to check this. It was like, hey, can you send this email? Well, unless I log into your email, I can't see Which I'm not going to do. Which I'm not going to do. Then I can't see that you did that. So you need to let me know. So we literally just asked in a team meeting, start using reactions in Slack, like the little emote, like you can use the emojis to react. So when you see a thing and you have read it and you acknowledge it and you know that it is your thing to do, you either thumbs up it or you put the eyeball emoji. You're the just eyeballs like, are like, I'm looking at it. I see it. I understand it. The thumbs up is like, I got it. I understand. And sometimes the thumbs up is all you need to do because sometimes acknowledging is literally the only you goal of the message. And other times you need to actually complete something. And so if there is some sort form of I sent this, I did this. Yeah. If it doesn't take explanation on your part, then we can mark it with a check mark to acknowledge that it has been done. And then if someone goes back to look at their message, they can easily see, oh, we're good to go. We don't even know. They did it. I don't need, I'm fully confident that 
it was done in the way that it needed to be done. Like I don't need to monitor that quality, but it was so fantastic to just like, oh, I didn't realize how much mental headspace I was spending on, oh, I need to bring that up in the meeting. So I'm not sure if that's done. I need to circle back on here. I need to check in on this when like now I can just see, oh, that was done. I can stop thinking about it. We also moved from, so this is going to sound really crazy, but for six years, there was only one calendar for the whole company. And most of that was driven by the fact that we were utilizing outside contractors. And Emily and I literally had the same schedule. Like if we had a meeting, it was together. Like if we were meeting with someone or had coaching or we were going live or whatever, it was together. But in the last year, as we've added team, that didn't make sense anymore. And so everyone now has their own email address, which I know is really like not revolutionary by any means. We don't tend to use a lot of email internally at all. I think it can be incredibly unproductive, but they do need it for outside communication as necessary. But the biggest thing for that is that we have a centralized calendar system and there's 100% transparency on the calendar. So we're not hiding where someone is or what the meetings are. And you could change the level of permission if you wanted to on like, what is the calendar event called or whatever, but we have it so everyone can see exactly where they're at. So they know if they're in a specific client meeting or whatever. And if they have something personal, then it's just a naming convention change. It's up to them if they want to to, to say what it is. But if they just want to say their name out, that is totally respected and fine with us. Like they don't have to share that level of transparency. And then we have a very clear system of if you're going to be gone less than four hours, then you just need to mark it in your calendar and do your thing and notify your manager as necessary. If you're stepping out for more than an hour, typically, and then if you're gone or you're going to be gone and it's a planned absence more than a half day or more, then you actually submit for time off. And that is reviewed internally by our business development manager, who's also kind of sitting and doing some HR duties. But additionally, if there's things that just pop up, like a sick kiddo or someone has to run an errand or someone popped a tire or insert a dog has to go to a vet or whatever, something comes up, then we have a Slack channel devoted to that sort of team being physically, quote unquote, in the office versus out of the office. And it's not a question. We do not babysit our team. We're not saying you can or can't take your dog to the vet or you can or can't have your hair appointment on that day. Like, No, like they know how much work is on their plate and they know if they can or can't handle it or if they need to rearrange in some other way, like they're adults. And so they can slack on our shared Slack channel. We have it. It's just calendar dash team. And they're saying, Hey, I'm going to be gone for an hour. I'm stepping out to do blah, blah, blah. Or we also use that to let people know if we're going to be on D and D. So like, I'm not going to be on Slack. I'm not going to see your message. I will use that if I'm like going to focus in on writing and I don't want to be distracted. Caitlin uses it a lot if she's going in her like design bubble and she's like, I just want to crank this out. So like, don't, I'm not going to see your message. So she will turn off notifications on Slack and she will let anyone who is, will let 
people know, hey, I'm going on D&D for an hour or until this time to work on this thing. Yeah. And you're closing your office door. Right. And I think the thing that's nice with that is you can see those things. So like if I've snoozed my notifications on Slack, it shows like the little Z next to it. And so people tend to know. And if they're not active on Slack, then it'll go to kind of that dark mode where it's like, it's just an empty circle. But the thing is, I want you to be mindful of just because I see it went dark. This is not an opening for me to critique my team. I'm not actively, you know, <laughs> being like, what the Your heck? Your bubble's not green. Where are you? No. Mm-hmm. no. We don't, we're not using any sort of outside app to say, how green is it for how many hours every day? Absolutely not. If anything, if we have like a last minute meeting we need to have, like, hey, can you pop over on Zoom? I need to talk to you about blah, blah, blah. It's really just so we're like, oh, I think they stepped away. So like, they're probably not going to respond immediately. Right, like, right. It's not a, oh, they're in trouble. They're not here. No, <laughs> stop it. Like, that's so shitty. Like, mm-hmm. and half the time it's because they did go on D&D and are working on other things and Slack is just minimized. Like Exactly, exactly. Another thing I think that's been really helpful and we use Slack to kind of back this part up is, so in Asana, we have obviously projects outlined and there's cards, but we utilize subtask a lot and we assign the subtask to the person. Cause like there are pr- multiple projects here, things that tasks, things that happen here at BP that a mean? lot of people touch <laughs> on, right? Like a lot. Yeah. Well, there's a lot. Yes. But within that, you know, you have a part, I have a part, this person has a part, whatever. And we can see like literally in any, if I need to dive into something or I'm thinking ahead, like later this week, I'm going to tackle this project. Let me check in on that project. See if anyone's blocking me, if anyone's holding me up, what's next in this process? Where can I then come in and do my role? And sometimes those things are very particular on very specific dates that need to happen. Sometimes it's a little bit more open, but everyone on our team knows where it's like, Hey, I'm going to work on this on Thursday. Like, would you mind like being able to get this part done by Wednesday afternoon? And then like, it's done. Like it's fine (laughs) because it's organized in a way where like, when you go to do that task, the whole point of that card is that you're fully equipped to be able to complete that task because every information that you need to know is in one space We're not like having you hunt down things and like have to find shit because that right there is the loss of productivity that's actually in our control. Yeah. Yeah. Hunting things down is just so unnecessary when you can have clearly defined systems. And, you know, I will admit when you're running a remote team, especially in the onboarding phase, it can feel like a lot because I get that there's some all-in-one products out there like... Microsoft is a big one with Teams and all the integrated apps and things. But for most small businesses, that doesn't necessarily make sense. And I'm not saying just Microsoft. I'm saying most all-in-one softwares are typically not exactly what that small business needs. And so you tend to have to use a variety of tech to make your kind of business work. And what's required is that you have to slowly indoctrinate 
your new team member on what's the culture of like, is Slack open all day? Okay, well, then you need to communicate that. Is project management always on XYZ app? Okay, you need to communicate how often they should be checking in on tasks and what's your expectations about completing those things. If you want them to utilize their calendar a certain way, please quit assuming that people are going to read your mind. Like you have to have documentation. There's so much that we've done in the last year, but definitely this time last year, it was probably a solid like 90 days where it was like, I need to document how we want our calendar to be used. I need to document what apps you need to be utilizing and like how frequently we expect you to check in on them. Like that's just generic for everyone because those sort of things you kind of have to hit someone early in their onboarding process so that they don't feel like you're just like hitting them with stuff later on. Like you really need to be clear on this is just how it works and people will develop their own styles and that's fine. And that is something you can actually accommodate and work towards accommodating because some people will want way more level of detail on their task management. And they may need a project manager that's really going to break down their tasks step by step by step. And that's okay. And you'll have other people that would much rather look at one large project and stare at it for two weeks in their project management system, but they know what they need to be working on to, to tick away at it. I think one of the biggest ways you can set yourself up for success is, and you're going to mess this up. We mess this up. Like, You won't know sometimes until you know, but I think one of the lessons that we learned that maybe you can start thinking about is before you hire your next person, truly think about like what work style works best for you to feel confident. It's really important. It's really important. I'm not saying you're going to get it right every time. And I'm not saying that like, I mean, literally all of our team members have different work styles and I love them all. Like it's all jiving great. But there was a particular work style or it wasn't even work and part of its work style, work environment, work style, communication preferences, whatever that we had a team member have. And it just did not jive with what made us feel confident and just had a lot of friction in how they wanted to go about their workday versus how we wanted the team collectively to go about their workdays, which still had immense flexibility. And so ultimately there was like a, type of worker that that some an environment and aspect of work that some people are looking for that we don't love and that we don't love having a part of our team and we know that now and so we're very clear in that communication on the job description before you even apply what type of worker we're looking for yeah and some of this is like nuanced things of like saying work from home rather than remote worker. Or if you have set business hours that if everyone's operating in the same time zone, regardless of where they live, like then you need to communicate those things. And we didn't necessarily know what our preferences would be until we experimented. And it's okay to go wide and like experiment with multiple things and be more broad. And if something's not working for you to get a little more narrow, but like even within being a bit more narrow, there's still a lot of ways to serve different personality types and different work preferences. And 
you know, I was on the way home from a meeting and I knew Jared was reviewing copy that Emily had written for a website. And I called him to just like give him some like words of advice, like things I had on my mind, like as I was driving home from this meeting. And he answered the phone and it was so loud. Like it was so loud. Like I was like, how can you think literally at all? He had music or something? I don't know if it was the music or the news or something. Brian Brian has the news on all the time. It was like, it was a level that I wouldn't even just watch the thing Uh, or listen to the thing. Like if I was intentional about it. And the thing is, he was cruising. He was like seven pages into reviewing this thing. And I was like, okay, I got to go because I can't even hear you on the phone. I can't even focus with this in the background. (laughs) No, 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 It's quiet in my office. But that's kind of the cool thing about remote work is like, you know, if we were all in an office, half of our team would love music blaring all day long. And like headphones exist. I know, I know exactly. Because I couldn't allow, I couldn't no, have it. I we wouldn't have, have overhead speakers nope. because half of our team needs dead silence, mm-hmm. like dead mm-hmm. silence mm-hmm. to the point mm-hmm. where like the fan is uh-huh. all you can hear. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, so it's just, it just goes to show that there's still ways to like, I'm not saying as someone who works with him, well, you can't be listening to things because that right. would not make you productive. Right. Like, right. Who cares? How silly would that be to say? And so like, don't do that for other things. No, if it doesn't work for you, uh-huh. it doesn't mean it doesn't work for other people. Right. And so like, there are certain things that are worth like having direction around and other things that are, you are frivolously spending yep. your time on. Yep. So I will leave you with this stat so that you can feel confident in knowing that this is worth exploring and it's worth learning and it's worth when you mess up, truly understanding why it didn't work so that you can take note of that for the future. Okay. Companies that excel at understanding the needs of their people and enable their managers to respond in meaningful ways, see two and a half times higher profit, three times lower attrition and three times lower burnout. If you didn't want to sign up for those, I don't know what you're doing. So it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. I believe in you. I believe in you. And I would fight for those stats all day long. So good luck. Good luck. <laughs> Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. 
Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.